scripture reading this morning will come from John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. If you're using a pew Bible, that's page 940. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Good morning. So thankful you have chosen to be here today. And I want you to look at this verse again. If you're at home with us, thank you for joining us. And I just want you to look at this verse. I think it's, uh, someone once said, I don't know if you've ever heard familiarity breeds contempt. I really think familiarity breeds infamiliarity. Sometimes we read something over and over again and we need to look at it again. The golden text of the Bibles would be said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Don't stop reading there. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order to, that the world might be saved through him. Sometimes you'd hear, by the way you hear preachers uh, uh, speak, you'd think that God was happy that people were going to hell. You ever heard a preacher that seemed, seemed happy about it, preach on hell and smile about it? Okay, you, you may see that in someone. What I see is God loves the world. He, he loves them so much. He sent his only son. Why? Because that was the only way to change the world. Uh, the way to change the world he deemed best was to send his son into the world for what purpose? That it would be saved. See, when we think about the world, if I were to ask you, what changes would you like to see in the world? If we were to go around right now and talk to everyone and, and do a poll, and I'd say, hey, what are some changes you would like to see? I would say we'd have some pretty creative answers. There would be things that I like that, that, that I would like to see change that you were like, no, I like that just the way it is. And, and they would all be different, but there's some things I think that we would like to see that would be different about the world. For one, I, I wish broccoli and, and, uh, and, and celery, I hate it so much, can't even hardly say the word, celery, would make you fat and chocolate gravy and biscuits would make you skinny. I do. Do you know if that were the truth, y'all be like, man, Craig needs to eat some celery. He's going to blow away. I mean, that's how it would be. I, I look at that and I wish, I wish things were different. I wish I could change metabolism. There are some things that I wish that I could look at. Also, you know, in a couple months, we will spring forward. I wish we would spring forward and leave it. Does anybody like it getting dark at 4.15 in the afternoon? No, no, I'm sitting there going, you know, there's nothing, you know, it's funny, uh, they want to make today longer, and what they've done is they, they have shortened it, and I'm, I, I just wish we would leave that forward, you know, if I were king of the universe, that's something I'd go ahead and do, but I'm not, with all seriousness, if I could change the world, I'd want to change it where there's no more hungry children. That every child was taken care of, that every child was, was properly nursed, that every, every child uh, had what they needed. I'd also want a place where there are no wars, a place where there is complete peace. We don't know what it's like, but many people do, in the world do, know not, do not know what it's like to get up a day and not hear gunfire gun, gun or to hear bombs going off, sometimes in the not-too-far distance. I'd love for, if I would change the world, I'd love for it to be a place of peace. I'd love for it to be a place where, where marriage is honored the way God has said it and people stay together for life and not only just stay together, but it's a healthy marriage that people build one another up and love one another as God would have them to. 
I, I would want to have a place, if I were in charge of the world and could change it, I'd want there to be no loneliness. I'd want people to have true and good relationships. There are people who you, you have friends, you realize what a blessing they are to you, but there are also people who feel lonely. Even in a church of 1,200, there's people here who, who feel very lonely. I wish it, we could have a place where there was no loneliness and people truly felt that they were connected and loved by other people. If I could change some things in the world, I'd want every child to know that they were as loved as praying for as Mr. Oliver Haynes here. I mean, he's already doing fashion statements. You got the red one and the white one. Or it could be a black and white pig. Okay, you never know. But you think about a child that we think about, we prayed about his coming, we were excited about his coming. He, he went a little past his due date, and people were continually praying for this little boy to be here. And we're in a world where this week people deemed uh, okay to be able to abort a child up to its birth. And it's just, that just blows me away. I, I would have a place where that is not, that is not even thought of. If I could change the world, that is what I want to happen. Also, I want to be a place where people led with their heart, where people showed love and kindness and compassion to those around us. If I could impact the world, I would want the world to know and for everybody to be saved. That, that would be the world that I would love to, to change. And if I could make an impact on this world, this is what I would like to see happen. You may have other things that you would like to see happen that are different than the things that are listed here. But when we think about those, we say, Craig, those are some nice changes, but, uh, but how are we going to do that? How are we going to change the world that's been here? It's been, been uh, spinning on its axis for, for, for a few thousand years. How in the world do we make a difference and make an impact on this world? Let's come back to that. See, the world's God's. God spoke this world into existence. Through his power, he spoke it into existence. And he loved it, as we already read so much, that he sent his only son. He wanted to impact the world. He sent his only son to die on a cross. Why? Because he wanted to save it. Realize this, that what he wants is for everyone to know him, to know they are loved by him, and to be saved. That's what God wants. Would you agree with that? If I were to put that premise out there, a proposition out there, that what God wants is for everyone to know who he is, to know him, to what? To know they are loved by him and to be saved, I believe that is what God wants. And, and the thing is, but how did he choose to do that? So we know his power, and we go to the beginning. We're going to go from Genesis to now today. I'll do it in a, in a pretty rapid amount of time. I know rapid is very relative when it comes to sermons, Okay. But but bear with me, the first service got out early, but you won't, okay? But we'll, we'll, we'll work on that, okay? God creates the world. It's still overwhelming to think that he spoke it and it was so, isn't it? I mean, that he said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it happened. He said, let there be light, and there was light. That is who God is and what God was able to do in his mighty hands, in his mighty omnipotent hands. On his all-powerful hands being able to do this, his all-knowing, knowing exactly what his need, what everyone needed, knowing that he was omnibenevolent, he was all-loving, and he did it in the most loving way possible. God went through day by day and created everything we needed from light to an atmosphere to, to dry land and plants to, the, to, to we look around and we can see the sun, moon, and stars to, to see and flying creatures and to, to, to mankind and land animals. We can see that, that God created that way. 
And in Genesis 1.27, we have this beautiful verse where he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What does that even mean? There's a, a word there in the Bible. It's called the eikons. I know uh, somebody from uh, the South pronouncing Hebrew is probably interesting to y'all. So don't consider that even being close to correct, all right? But it is the right word. Some of you eikons, that sounds like a word I would know. Icon, yes. What is an icon? An icon is something that re- represents something else. What he said is he decided to create his image on earth. That way when people saw one another, they could see God living among them. That everybody was created in his image. God created the perfect temple, if you will, through in Eden and through the world, this perfect place for, for mankind to be, for his creation to be. And he chose to put male and female there, and they would be representatives of him to help do what? Impact the world. They had jobs. They were to take care of the garden. That is what they were to do. They were to be fruitful and multiply. That is what they were to do. Why? Because God created them in his image. This is how he was going to impact the world. And when God saw that he had made them male and female, he looked and he said, what, this is very, very good. So they had this incredible life. Why? Because through their creation, God is saying, I want people to know me, know that they are loved by me, and be saved. What's great is... In Eden, God become walking the cool of the day. They were in fellowship with him. God's in their presence. How awesome. Why? Because there's no sin to divide them. God was in their presence, and, and they have this. And, and, and what happens? We get to Genesis chapter 3, and they do what? They eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, and they sinned. God sent them into the world to impact the world. God wanted to love them, and God did love them, and they rejected and rebelled against him. They failed. God was still merciful. He didn't wipe them off the earth. He he allowed them to live. Now, if you go through, you realize that there were curses that were given out to the ground, to humans and, and to the animals through that time. But even through that, God still wants everybody to know who he is. So we've gone from Adam to Eve, and and we go into this beautiful promise in Genesis 3.15 where where God says, here's what's going to happen. In time, there will be what? There will be one who will come and and, uh, crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. What's he talking about? Jesus is coming. That's sort of the first messianic prophecy of Scripture. Jesus is coming right here. Why? Because God... God wants to impact the world. God wants people to know him, to know they're loved by him, and for them to be saved. What happens? After Adam and Eve, the world goes really downhill. It didn't take long until when people were evil and people were, their mind was on evil continually to the point that God looked and said, I have found a faithful family, Noah and his wife and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. And he did what? They built an ark, and he sent a flood to destroy the world, but he saved this family. Why? Because he wants everyone to know him. His power was seen. To know they are loved by him. If there's any doubt that Noah had to say, okay, God is especially fond of me because he chosen to save me. He's chosen to save me and my family and to be saved. We see this model. And we see that promise every time there's a rainbow. We know that promise that God will not destroy the world by flood again. 
And God, we go from there to who? Abraham. God's like, I'm going to make a difference in this world. I'm going to find a way to show people who I am, a way to show people how loved they are, and a way for people to be saved. And Abraham, he noticed him because of his faith. And it's just always incredible to me to read about Abraham. Why? Because Abraham was faithful to God without a Bible. He didn't know. He just acknowledged from looking around who God was, and he chose to worship. In Genesis chapter 12, we get a glimpse into this conversation. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Let's stop right there for a second. He's going to make him a great nation. Why? Because through this nation, people will see God. Through this nation, people will learn that God loves them. Through this nation, people will be able to be saved. I'm going to do this. Also, I'm creating this nation so that you will be a blessing to other people. Why is it important when God chooses someone that, that to represent him, they have to bless others? That's what we see here. His job on earth, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing to who? Everyone. Said, I will bless those, verse 3, who bless you, and to who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Because God wants everybody to know him and to know they are loved by him and to be saved. Can I tell you something? The people you see at lunch today need to know this. The people you see at work tomorrow need to know this. The, the person that you lay down beside the night and look over across the pillow, they need to know this too. Everyone needs to know this, and God is saying, I am doing this time after time to show people how, who I am, how I love you, and that I want you to be saved. We get to read of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and what they have passed on, and then what? The children of Israel end up in slavery in Egypt. And what happens? God saves them. He wants the people there to know who he is, that he loves them and saves them. So he sends in Moses. Sorry, this is the best picture I could get of Moses. Okay. You know, Charlton will have to do. I sit there and think he leads them out. He leads them out and God gives them rules. He gives them the Ten Commandments and then he will over time give them the writings of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, where there will be 613 of these laws, the Torah. And in these, God's rules are about showing them who he is, that he loves them and for their salvation. God is doing this, but what do the people do? Fall into idolatry. It, to me, it's so difficult. And, and I know I'm going to stand in judgment for a second and then I'll throw it back on myself. To me, nobody since Adam and Eve had the close relationship um, with God as did the Israelites. You know, God will come in the, the cool evening and walk in the garden. He's there with Adam and Eve. Guess what? While they were going through from Egypt to the promised land, God was with them. They were led every day by, by what? By a cloud and night by a fire. God would dwell in the tabernacle. He was in their presence. He saw them. When they had a need, he could meet it. But what would they do? They would complain, and they would want to follow after idols. They failed. Do you know I have evidence God's with me and loves me too, and I do the same thing. My idols just look differently. 
They looked differently to me. And, and the thing is, God still continued. He wanted them, and, and he said, okay, what, basically, what is it you need to be faithful he wanted everybody to know who he was. What is it they need to be faithful? Well, we, if we had a king, if you would just give us a king, God, if you could give us a king here on earth, then we'd be able to show the world and we'd be like the other people, which was always the problem. They wanted to be like the other people instead of like God. So he gave them kings. Some were good and some were bad, mostly bad. If you read through Scripture, you realize most of the kings we had were not good. They were not good at all. There are some who led them toward God. David led them toward God. He had some failure. Solomon led them toward God, but then he would go off. We read about Josiah, the young king, who came in and did what? So let's open up God's Word. We have found it. Let's reinstitute it. And then you'd go from evil before him to evil after. Why? Because they would not acknowledge who God was and his love for them. They even had a city. The city of God. We, we sing it, we're marching to where? We're marching to Zion. Now, we have a spiritual thought of that, that we're talking about heaven. The people at that time would say we're talking about Jerusalem. Second Samuel 5, nevertheless, David took the stronghold to Zion. That is the city of David. He took this city, and it became a city where, what, where the temple would be built, where the wall would be built around it. And when Jerusalem was functioning with the wall and with the temple, they were a force to be reckoned with. Why? Because people looked and said, God is with those people. Look at what they're doing. And then they would do what? Go into idolatry, and the Philistines would come in and all types of problems. And, and God wanted to show them through a city, through a temple, and what ends up happening. Finally, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians come in, the Assyrians at different times, and just decimate the city of Jerusalem. So what do we do? What now? God wants people to do what? God wants people to, to, to know him. God wants people to know they are loved by him, and God wants people to be saved. What is he going to do when the children of Israel have gone through and they have continued to follow after other gods continually through this? He's going to send them another king. A king very different than the ones before. See, Zechariah 9, 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. We have what here? Uh, another prophecy about the king Jesus coming. Why is a king coming? Because God wants to impact the world. King Jesus is coming because he wants to impact the world. And through Jesus, as we read in John 3, 16, through his great sacrifice, what's going to happen? People should know God, should know he loves them, and should be, want to be saved. We read about the king coming in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. They came to acknowledge God's gift, the king. See, the king came to this world. Uh, John said it like this, the word became flesh and did what? Dwelt, dwelt among us. And, and he came so that we, we could do what? So we could see God on this earth. 
As he's riding through town, people are crying out, Hosanna, Lord, save us. King, save us as they are coming through and they are laying out palm branches, which is what you would do if a royalty came into town. They are treating him as a king and he is coming so that people will know God. See, in John chapter 12, it tells us that the next day the crowd had come and the feast and they uh, heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took the branches of palm and they, they spread it out before him and they said, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. The king came so that people would know who God is. So people would know that God loves them and so that they may be saved. See, God has wanted to impact the world through all time. He created it. He loves the world. He wants it to be saved. And, and, and Jesus, even in conversation with his disciples, has to tell them, I, I love John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is where Jesus has told the disciples in chapter 13, beginning of 14, hey, I'm going to be leaving you. And they are scared. John 14, 1, do not let your heart be troubled, neither let, believe, uh, neither let it be afraid. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or many mansions. And I'm going to go there and prepare one. If I go there and prepare one, I will do what? Come back and get you. We have that. And what does he say? I am the way, the truth, to the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What's he saying? I'm here to show you the Father and that the Father loves you. And the disciples have a misunderstanding. They're like, hey, uh, we, we would like to see the Father. And what does he say? If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Why? Because you've seen me. See, Jesus came so that people would know who God is. Jesus came so that people would know that God loves them. Jesus came so that people would, would be saved. And when he came to earth, look what he did. He went around preaching. In Matthew 4, 23, it says, He went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. He came here doing what? Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. What is that? That's not his death, burial, and resurrection. That hasn't happened yet. Do you know what his good news was? The king is here. The king that's been promised. Genesis 3, it's happening right now. I'm here. You know the king that said, Hosanna, he will be coming there in Hezekiah and the other 299 prophecies in the Old Testament. The king is here. That's the good news because God is chosen to be on earth again. And he has come in what? In physical form. The king is here and the king is making a difference. What's he doing? He's healing people. He's preaching. He's letting people know this good news that, that he is here. And what does he do while he's here? He's come here to establish his church. Matthew 16, 18, where he says, I tell you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What he's saying, he's preaching the good news of the kingdom, and he's saying, I have a kingdom here on earth too, and it's the church, and I'm bringing it here. What's the purpose of the church? There's a lot of purpose of the church. One is to be worshipers. We could go through that one day. The purpose of the church is, is to let people know who God is. 
to let people know that God loves them and to show people what they need to do to be saved, to make a difference on this earth. And he said, okay, here's what the my people on earth, the kingdom will be doing. They will be expanding the kingdom. They will do go and they will make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Follow me for a second. Do you remember the, the, the promise to Abraham a few minutes ago? Through you, I'll bless what? All nations. Jesus is saying it's time for you to go teach who? All nations. So that all nations can be what? Be saved. Christ's church... His kingdom exists to show people who God is so they may know Him and experience a relationship with Him and they may be saved. Why does this church exist? We've got a beautiful location here uh, on the main road here through Mount Juliet. And I love that it's sort of in a little bit of a curve, so when you come around, it's just right there. It's, it's really neat. But this church exists here to show people who God is, to show people that God loves them, and to let people know the King has come, and He wants you to be a part of the kingdom. He wants you to be saved. It's important that all of us get this, and, and we'll be building on this on weeks to come, but it's important that we understand that Jesus came to establish his kingdom here on earth so that we can tell people of the king and his father. That is, that is why we are here, to be good citizens of the kingdom and to expand the kingdom. And, and what we want to do is, is make a difference. So today, you get to start choosing that. See, the people you come in contact today as you go out to eat from here, Well, they know by the way you treat them that God is alive and God loves them. That somebody loves them. That somebody wants them to be saved. The people you come in contact this week, will they know this? And, and the people we see here this morning, will, will we know this? And we be able to share this, that, that we want Christ's church to be known as a place where God's love is overflowing. Where God overflows His love on us and we overflow it on one another and we continue to carry that out into the community to make a difference for Him. God's kingdom makes a difference. Of all the ways God could have chosen to make a difference in this world, isn't it interesting, He chose the church. I still, you, you've heard me say this, I can't believe Jesus didn't spend longer with His disciples or live on earth a lot longer. You know, he spent three years with these men and said, okay, and then he turned it over to them. Unless you're really hustling, you can't get a college degree in three years. It took me seven, okay? It took me a while. People are like, when were you at Freed Hardeman? I'm going, the 90s, okay? I have 186 undergraduate hours. I got enough hours and everything. You ask me, I got a degree in, I got close to a degree in a bunch of stuff. Can I tell you something? God would not have trusted this to people if he didn't believe we could do it. If he didn't believe you could make a difference, there's no way he would give you something he would not equip you for. Would he equip the, the first century people with? He gave them the Holy Spirit. 
We got it too, just in a different way. We can't heal people. We can't do the miracles they did. We have his word. How awesome. How awesome that we have his word in written form. We can see what he wants. We can tell people the story of Jesus. We can show them the story of Jesus. It's right there in the story of God sending his son, the king, to be here. We can make a difference. God has entrusted us to make a difference in Mount Juliet and throughout this world. I don't know why God chose that, but he did. Can I tell you that God believes you can show people that he exists. God believes you can show people that he loves them. God believes you can show people what they need to do to be saved and help teach them and love them to help them make that decision. God trusts you with it, and guess what? I believe you can do it too. I love this congregation, been here a short time, I already see the great good that is done, that people see who God is through us. The key is for each one of us to take that responsibility to show people how great our God is and how loving our God is and how great a promise He has for them. Of all the ways that God could have chosen to impact the world, He chose the church. So that lets me know that as long as there's an earth here, God will have a church representing Him. There will be those who are faithful to Him who will be showing others what they need to do to be saved. Do you realize we can talk about God's plan? God's plan is for you to show people Him, every one of you, every one of us, to let people know how great He is. Whatever changes you want to see to this world, whatever changes God wants to this world, it will begin with us. If we want this, this, this world to be a kinder place, we spread kindness. If we want this world to be a more loving place, then we spread love. If we want this world to be what it needs to be, then we need to be spreading Jesus and let Jesus be known, and it will begin with you. Tim A., you may be saying, Craig, how to become a part of this kingdom? The Lord adds you to this kingdom when you're baptized for mission of your sins. That's how you're added to, to his church. He adds you to his church. As you're baptized, your sins are taken away. You also, before that, you, you declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is your king. And as you come out of the water, you have been added to the Lord's church, and you come up with a mission to make a difference in this world on behalf of the king to be his ambassador. Today, can we help you in this walk? Can we help you to make a difference? Can we help you in your walk with the King? If we can, would you come now while we stand and while we sing?